Good evening. Welcome everyone to the first ever podcast of the Oregon Trail Generation. My name is Jessica Byerly and I am your host throughout this series. Uh, we just started this as a test, so I'm sorry if there's a lot of ums or ands as I'm trying to navigate the new podcast waters. Uh, this will probably get taken down at some point in time, but again, it's just the demo for our launch. Um, this podcast, which I've been playing around with for, gosh, it seems like about six months now, is is a tale of the generation that people often refer to as millennials or now as the Xennials, as I've, I'm seeing it called. I was born in 1981. 1981. Gosh, it sounds like so long ago in comparison to now being 2019. Yes, that means I am the wonderful age of 37. Not a millennial. At least I don't feel like a millennial. I don't quite feel like my parents either, so I don't feel really like a baby boomer. But being a millennial has its perks. Being a baby boomer has its perks. But again, I just don't fit into that mix. I grew up in what I would like to call the Oregon Trail generation. The Oregon Trail generation is a group of individuals that were really the pioneers for computers, technology, social media, and so much more. If you're not familiar with what the Oregon Trail is, let me give you a little bit of a background. Oregon Trail was a computer game that came out really in the 1980s. It was it started being in development in 1971, but it really became available to everyone in 1985. This was on a computer called an Apple II. I still have this computer. It's in my mother's house, my father's house. It is a computer that is about the size of a Amazon box where you've ordered a bread box. The screen is about 7 or 8 inches by 7 or 8 inches, and it's all in grayscale. Oregon Trail was the first game that I ever played. This was also the first computer game that became available in elementary schools. I live in a small town in North Carolina called Sandy Ridge. If you Google it right now, like some of you may be doing, you may get Sandy Ridge Road, which is near Colfax, not me. Sandy Ridge is a small town in northern North Carolina. Our elementary school had a computer lab. This was before times now where everyone either has a MacBook or a Chromebook or you're giving kids iPads through these grants that we have in the schools now. We had a computer lab, a room with 18 gigantic, huge computers, usually a, a PC or Windows-based computer, that sat in a room that you got to use once a week as part of a lab. I'm sure at some point in time, my generation was part of that school board meeting where where the school board sat around and said, you know what, we should, we should teach these kids about technology and we should teach them about how to use a computer because we might need that in the future. Something that I ask myself every day as to why I would need algebra or calculus, this was that conversation in 1984 or 3 by a school board. What are we going to do teaching kids technology? So, once a week, you get to go to a computer lab. I think it's funny now, I have a 16-year-old daughter and her name is, is Grace, and computer lab is, is a foreign subject. She carries a Chromebook every day to school. She has a MacBook at her house. She has her iPhone with her constantly, constantly in front of a computer or touching a computer. As I'm sitting here right now in my bedroom, I have an Apple TV streaming Netflix to my left. I have my iPhone, my, I'm recording this with my MacBook, my 
My iPad is charging. My husband's computer and his iPad are to the right. I'm surrounded literally at this very moment by what looks like six different computers that I have immediate and 100% access to all the time. When, when I was in kindergarten or first grade in 1986, I had access to it for all of about 30 minutes a week. So <clears throat> I consider us, the Oregon Trail generation, the crash test dummies of technology. Again, school board sat around and said, we need to teach these kids how to use it. It seems foreign now, doesn't it? To think that you know, with technology the way it is now, we have such instant access. It seems foreign to think, if I told you today, you're only going to get to use a computer, not even the internet, a computer, for 45 or 30 minutes a week, could you do it? <laughs> Would you spontaneously combust? <laughs> I'm a firm believer that if I take my child's phone away, she will literally melt to ash right then and there. But let's go back to what the real meaning of Oregon Trail was. So when I was in kindergarten or first grade at this small elementary school, our school had so many licenses of Oregon Trail. You would rush into the computer lab, sit down at the computer, boot it up, which again would probably took five or six minutes, Insert this, the disk at that point in time was most likely a floppy disk, uh, a 3.5 hard disk, and you would load Oregon Trail, a game that was created to teach kids about life in the pioneer days. No, not really. They're not going to send you out on the 2,170 mile trail that is actually the Oregon Trail, the historic trail that goes east to west. Um, this was a computer game and when you logged on you you had the opportunity to learn about life and death uh, you you learned hunting and fishing and you learned uh, how deep the river was was your was your wagon gonna be able to cross it were you learned about theft and Indians that were gonna help you or steal from you thieves that were gonna steal from you you learned about sickness couldn't tell you how many times in my life that I died of dysentery playing Oregon Trail. These are all things now that I, as I was thinking on my way home from work today, so much of that would not be acceptable now. We, we don't talk about death in school. We, we have to provide counselors for death. Uh, we don't talk about hunting and, and gun rights. We don't talk about Indians helping us. Uh, we don't teach people survival. That's not, that's not a thing. This one little computer game in MS-DOS probably <laughs> taught me more about life than anything. But we were put in front of a computer to learn how to use it. We had to learn how to open apps. We had to learn how to open menus and save files and type. We were the generation that was taught to type. So I think about it now. Schools do not teach keyboarding. What is keyboarding? Well, it's, it's now it's almost assumed that a child coming into school is going to know exactly where keys A through Z are on a keyboard. They, they're not teaching you how to hold your hands. I spent countless hours typing and learning how to type blindfolded. You know, not really blindfolded. They put a box over your hands so you didn't see the keys when you typed. But truly... My, my generation learned all of this, and we had to learn it firsthand. We didn't have the, 
born into knowledge. When I was in elementary school, I would go to this computer lab once a week and you were graded upon this as to how fast you could type and how accurate you could type. I always loved it because I, I love typing. I love hearing my fingers on the, on the proverbial keys of my keyboard. I could type so much faster than I could write on a piece of paper. <clears throat> if you passed your typing test or you got to a certain point of typing, then if you had another 30 minutes, you were allowed to play games on the computer. In this case, you could put the floppy disk in and play a round of Oregon Trail. I always thought it was fun when you started playing. You know, you pick your five people. You, know, you pick the five, you as your five friends. Oh, it was going to be me and Tiffany and Sarah and John. And, and we were going to be our five friends that were going to travel the Oregon Trail. And then you stock up on supplies. And how many ox do you really need to cross 2,000 miles? And in, in our minds, I'm sure I think I always picked four. But 2,000 miles on four oxen is not really that smart if you think about it. <clears throat> and then you start out on the trail. And you watch your, your food quantity to see how much food you're going to eat. And if someone got sick, did you stop and rest or did you power through on the trail? Did you stop and visit the forts and the monuments and the historic sites? Um, the harder you pushed on the trail, the more sickness you incurred. The wagon wheel breaks, the, the ox gets sick or you drowned or whatever it may be. Um, we actually played about five minutes of this game this afternoon at our office and we managed to kill everyone off in about five minutes. You know, each employee got dysentery, one got the fever, one drowned. It's a sad, sad occurrence when when five people can kill themselves in a matter of minutes just playing a game on the computer. But that was what you look forward to every single time you went to your computer lab was to do your work, to type it out, and then you get a few minutes to play Oregon Trail. And it taught me so much. So we were really the first adopters to this. You know, I don't want to say that we were the best generation because I think every generation has great things that they bring to tables and, and flaws that they bring to the tables. But I do think our generation, being those that were born in that early 80s that had to empower technology, is probably the generation that had the most obstacles that they overcame that changed the future. Not saying bad or good or wrong, but we really change the future. Think about that for a second. My generation, again, those that were born in the early 80s, it's not really a generation, it's just a few years. We were the first ones to have to learn how to use a computer. We had to learn how to type. We then had to learn how to navigate the World Wide Web. Not even the internet, the World Wide Web. I could not remember the first time I ever went to um, a, a Google or something along those lines. It was, or a search engine of any kind. You, you had to log on and use the internet. It was dial-up. I live in a rural area. We did not get high-speed internet until a long, long, long time. I don't even have it here at my house because I live in the middle of nowhere. I remember the launch of social media. 
social media is something that I do every day. I'm very passionate about it. Very passionate about how it works. Not necessarily that I'm very vain and the fact that I want to post pictures of myself. You feel free to follow me on social. You'll see more of my cats than you will of myself. But I am very fascinated by how social media affects businesses, how it affects your website traffic, how it affects buying decisions and the science behind it. But even social media has changed so much and our generation was the ones that changed it. We were the first adopters to MySpace. Yes, I was Joe's best friend on MySpace. He's still online right now if you check many memes. You know, that's where we learned to code. I'm not a big coder, but that's where it was. You could change your, your backgrounds to have sparkles. You could add music. You could uh, change your top friends to show your top 10 versus your top 20. That's a trip for memory lane for most of you, those of you who are adopters of MySpace. I remember my mom being on MySpace, my sister. It was, it was the craziest, most live experience. And then you always saw that little that little orange icon that said them when they were online so you could go and see what they were doing um, and that become our first our, our first experience our first taste of social media now it's all consuming I think for most of us but I just remember back to the MySpace days of what would I put as my top song for the day and would I add glitter to my profile and then the the app for MySpace would roll out. It's kind of crazy to go back to that time period. And then you introduced Facebook, but it wasn't available to all of us at first. It was only available to those that had the .edu or that were in college. And then everyone joined my uh, joined Facebook. And then you added Twitter. Then you added Instagram. And then you added Vine. And then Vine went away and Snapchat came. Every single platform, every single piece of software that is used in the world today was started somewhere in that generation from the late 1970s to now. So anyone in that generation had to learn it and adapt to it since then. Now it comes fluently to those that were born in the 90s and in 2000. My daughter was in 2002. All of this is fluent to them. They don't have to learn it. But my generation has to learn it. Even now, uh, new software rolls out, we have to learn it. It's not an easy thing. We have to go in and tinker with it and learn it. It's not a bad thing, right or wrong. It's just what we have to do. It also makes us great because we are the ones that have to think things through and break things. Like today, I'm sitting here in my bedroom in the middle of 8.30 at night when I would really love to be watching the Netflix series You. But my company wants to launch some podcasts, and we had a great meeting today on it. And this is me tinkering with a podcast, talking to my cat laying on the bed, and to you if anyone is listening. This is the tinker. I'm building one so I can break it and put it back together. So when it comes time for us to roll out one next week or to try it next week, I have learned it. I've broken it. I have tested it, I have tried it, and I will find either some failures or some successes and be able to share that knowledge, just like I did with the Oregon Trail. <laughs> I learned very quickly over, I'm sure, 
what is now months because you only got 15 to 20 minutes per week to play Oregon Trail in elementary school I learned how to get my ox across the river and whether we should clock them or whether we should try to forge the river depending on the depending on the height of the river apparently that's short for Hannah who is my who works in my office because she died in four foot of water in the in the you know, first trip across the river this afternoon but that's what we do is we break things and we fix things I do hope to be able to continue this podcast on because I kind of like the whole let's explore the generation that is those that were born in the late 70s and early 80s um, because it is a fun generation. I'm not saying anything to the extent of we had the best music, best politics, best anything because everybody will argue differently. But we definitely had some interesting times as as media changed and life changed and the way everyone consumes things changed in the lifespan that we've been alive. It's very fascinating. I hope you've enjoyed this. We're sitting here at 17 minutes. I had a great time with our meeting today, and one of our employees said, you don't realize how hard it is to talk for 20 minutes on a specific topic and not ramble on. Well, I'm pretty sure I've rambled on at 17 minutes, but hopefully I haven't been too boring. Um, Thanks for listening. Tune in again. We'll try to talk about another topic and have a great afternoon.